You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. house of the Lord and um, we're only uh, three days from Remembrance Day and that's a very important day for us to remember and to reflect on what price has been paid for us to have the freedom that we have tonight to be able to come into the house of the Lord and to worship him uh, in in freedom and liberty and so the first segment of the, the speaking tonight, uh, we're going to have George come. George served in the French Foreign Legion, and uh, we're so appreciative of his service. And George, we want you to come and, and take the first section of tonight's service and um, reflect on, on uh, causing us to remember how great a price has been paid, amen, for our freedom. Would you honor him tonight? Good evening, church. Praise the Lord. Here I am again. Yeah, someone said to me earlier on, I look forward. When I heard it was you speaking, I look forward. I said, that's good. I said, I don't look forward. <laughs> um, every year I try to find a theme. I try to find... Uh, something that would basically combine Remembrance Day on, on what I want to speak and what the Lord has placed in my heart. Um, I'm going to start off and just saying for newcomers, as we have some newcomers in our, in our, um, in our congregation, uh, Remembrance Day here in Canada um, is on the 11th of November with every Commonwealth country. Um, we remember the armistice, uh, the First World War, 11th hour, 11th day, and 11th month. Um, in 1930s, King George V proclaimed that on the 11th month, 11th hour, we would have two minutes of science on remembering those who had fallen during the Great War. I'm not going to go into a big history lesson, but every year, that's what we do here in Canada. We also do it in England and any Commonwealth in the States. It's Memorial Day. In France and in Europe, it's Armistice Day. So I remember when I was a young boy, I used to be a cadet, except that was their cadets. And... Uh, I remember Remembrance Day back in the day, and maybe some of you also. And I remember the World War I veterans, and I remember the World War II veterans. And the World War I veterans always marched in front of the World War II veterans. And I always looked at them as a young boy, and I'm going, you know, I was like, wow, look at them with all their medals. And I guess 
that was the first inspiration that wanted me to join, to be a military, to be a soldier. Um, 30 years, 30 some odd years later, here I am. Lots of metal on my chest, like them. Only difference is they're no longer here. I think it's important that veterans nowadays, um, we should keep continuing their legacy in remembering them. And that's what I try, I want to do, is I want to connect on how important we should remember what they sacrificed. Some paid the ultimate price with their lives, and some continued living and continued with their families, not saying a word, and just kept on going. So basically, I'm going to get into that a little bit later. Pastor, he said to me when, you know, I was going to do this, I could take all the time I want. <laughs> That's not going to happen because I got to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. So I assure you I'm not going to stay here for long, and I'm going to try and get through this very quickly. Um, I just want to read Flanders Fields. And to those who do not know who Flanders Fields was, it was written by John McRae. He was a medical physician. Served in uh, World War I. He was born in, um, it was the late 1800s, 18, 1872, I think he was born or something like that. And he died during the war in 1918. And he wrote a poem in Flanders Fields. In Flanders Fields, the poppies blow between the crosses row and row that mark our place and in the sky their larks still bravely singing fly. Scarce heard amid the guns below, we are the dead short days ago we lived felt dawn saw sunset glow loved and were loved and now we lie in flanders fields take up your quarrel with the foe to you from failing hands we throw the torch be yours to hold it high if ye break faith with us who die we shall not sleep through poppies grow in flanders fields and this is why we wear a poppy it symbolizes the soldiers. It symbolizes the ones that fell for the ultimate sacrifice. And this is why we wear a poppy to this day. So by saying that, I'm going to get into my little message. And I'm just going to start off. Um, in 2000. I think it was 2009. Yeah, 2009. I was started at the pool. I was about two years working at the pool. I wasn't attending this church at all. And, uh, you know, I was fresh from Europe and uh, trying to get my way through life. And uh, I was working, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. And I meet a lot of people at the pool. And... Uh, you know, talk to a lot of people, have a lot of friends. I know half the city right now. And one day this guy came, and uh, he came with his daughter, and he came a few times. And every time he was so nice, he came up to me, and he talked to me, and 
He smiled, and, 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 and there was something different about this guy, really different, you know. Didn't know what it was, but it was like something he was, he was shining. It was, it was different, and I couldn't, I couldn't understand what it was. You know, I wasn't going to church at that time. Um, I was just trying to struggle through. Um, you know, it wasn't long that I was out of the military. And this guy just really baffled me. And um, I think about a year later, I walked into the Mediterranean for a birthday party. And I met Julie. Same thing different, something different about her. She was shining. I don't know what it was. Well, I, you know, I was drawn to her. I had to, you know, go and meet her and talk to her and, and, and you know, and uh, I remember talking to Keith Benton and he said, well, you know, she goes to church and blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, if you really want to talk to her and that, you'd have to go to church. So I went to church. So I went to church, and guess what? Not even half an hour, I get into the church. The gentleman who I saw in the pool with his daughter came up to me and said, hi. That person was Sean Horgan. He was the first person I met in this church. I'd like to turn to Matthew 5.14. I've got to get my glasses out here. So, Matthew, Matthew 5.14, verses 16. Can we get it up there? No. So, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives a light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. The title of this sermon is let it shine let your light shine I don't know if Donnie did a powerpoint for me I asked him to we don't see anything oh there it is yeah let it shine there we go so I'm going to get into it I'm kind of nervous because this is not going to be a normal sort of sermon I'm going to try to make it quick it's going to be a instructional Bible study, testimony, whatever you want. Um, I've been sort of racking my, my brain over this, how I'm going to say it, how I'm going to do it. I don't know. So it's going to go the way it goes. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit take me away. Pastor's going to pick up the pieces. He does that pretty good. He does that really good. But I just want to talk to you about how we should shine. The world right now is in a mess. 
It's very dark. But where their darkness is, there is light. People are watching people all the time. No matter what we do, we are under observation. People, that's the first thing they do. They watch you, they film you. Next thing you know, you're on YouTube, you're on this, you're on that. They want to know everything. That, that, that's, it's so, 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 I don't know how to put it. There's no privacy anymore. They want to know what you're doing. They want to know, you know, everything. And they're watching you, right? The world is dark. There's a lot of poverty out there. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of hatred. There's a lot of things that are not good. And when you shine, you give something out that they see that is different. Um, an example. One day I was meeting up with a couple other people and um, I was in Starbucks and I was waiting for a friend, Max, and he was just coming in the door, rolling in the door. And at the same time, Cody and Marissa were rolling in. And he was just right behind, behind them. And then all of a sudden, Cody stopped and Marissa stopped. And she had the big smile on her face. And she opened the door for my friend Max. And Max was blown away. He came up to me and said, George, did you see that? She opened the door for me. I said, yeah. Yeah, I wonder why she opened the door. <laughs> um, wow, look at her. She was smiling. She was shining. She was shining. She had Jesus in her. You could see Jesus through her. And the first thing my friend saw was that something was completely different with her. What little things we do shine. The reason why I'm saying this is last few months, I've been getting involved with peer-to-peer. Peer-to-peer are groups of fellow veterans, first responders, and firefighters, and people in the, um, in the police area sector. And we get together and we talk about our problems. Post-traumatic stress. Now, there's a lot of things that have been coming out because usually when someone has post-traumatic stress, um, we don't really like to talk to anyone about it. It's something very, very, very taboo, and especially back in the day with the veterans, you know, we never talked about what happened, what happened in the wars. It was always, always quiet. Um, so I've sort of been opening up with them, finding things, talking about things, and God started speaking to me. And he started speaking to me through some services that we've been doing. And, 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 and the first thing that came up, 
and that was with Brother Pio when I went to Edmonston one weekend for my mother-in-law's birthday, and we were talking, and I was talking about this, and he said to me, let your light shine. And I'm going, whoa, what's going on here? For years, I wanted to get close to other veterans, um, sharing pain that we have. Um, it's really kind of hard and difficult to, to describe it. Um, I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm just on the fly here because I don't really know. I'm just letting God make me move, and I want you to understand, and I want you, you guys to know um, what veterans went through, what they're still going through, the ones who died, who never came back, but the ones who are going through, through tough times. Um, Wikipedia, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, is a mental behavior disorder that develops from experiencing a traumatic event such as sexual assault, warfare, traffic collisions, child abuse, domestic violence, or other threats on a person's life or well-being. Symptoms of trauma-related mental disorder have been documented since at least the time of the ancient Greeks. A few instances of evidence of post-traumatic illness have argued to exist from the 17th and 18th centuries, and such as the diary of Samuel Pepe's, who describe an intrusive and distressing symptoms following the 1666 fire of London. During the World Wars, the condition was known under various terms, including shell shock, war nerves, neuroacidnia, and combat neurosis. The term PTSD came into use in 1970 in a large part due to the diagnosis of U.S. military veterans of the Vietnam War. It was officially recognized by the American Psychiatric Association in 1980. Signs and symptoms. So the symptoms and signs, my wife's going to probably tick this one off. She's going to have the box there, and she's going to tick this off as it goes down. Re-experiencing the traumatic event over and over. Having recurring nightmares. Experiencing being unwanted. Disturbing memories of the event. Feeling upset when reminded of the event. Avoiding friends and family. Feelings detached. Or feeling detached, sorry. Experiencing difficulty having loving feelings. Avoidance. Avoiding the world and society. Negative thoughts about yourself, other people, and of the world. Lack of sleep and falling asleep. And ongoing negative emotions such as fear, anger, guilt, or shame. So these are some of the things that PTSD can bring. But it goes on. There's complications. First complication is suicide. Second complication is cardiac. I can take that one off. Third is muscle, I can't pronounce this, so bear with me, musculoskeletal, gastrointestinal and immunological disorders. So it has a big effect 
on oneself. And all I can say is it's, it's, it's very difficult because for me, for many years, I'm going through this, and it's just normal for me. It's normal for the feelings that I feel. For me, being negative about the world is normal. That's all I have is negative thoughts about the world. I have negative thoughts about um, a lot of things. Um, I don't want to be associated, associated with the world. I, I don't like big crowds. I don't like being around people. And, you know, for a lot, for a lot you know, I, I really did not know. For me, it's normal. For most people, it's not normal. But going through the years with this and, and, and um, experiencing it, it's just another day and another day. Get up, go to work, live my life, have all these thoughts, um, and the pain. I don't really like to talk about my stories. I don't talk about the stories. I don't, I, I don't talk about them with my wife. I don't talk about them with, with the pastor. If I went into the pastor's office and I started telling all my war stories, I bet you his jaw would drop. And he would just look at me and he would say, I pray for you. But as a Christian, as a born-again Christian, I'm feeling my obligation to shine. The world is so in an upside-down way that I feel that I need to share what's inside me so I can shine so someone can see that light. To give you a little bit more of what I'm trying to go through, I'm going to get a stool here. It won't be long, but I need to sit down for this because I don't do this often. <clears throat> After deployments in Africa, in South America, in Southeast Asia, and in the Balkans, I can tell you stories and stories and stories and stories. I can tell you about genocides that I've seen in Africa. I could tell you about genocides I've seen in Southeast Asia. I could tell you about genocides that I saw in the Balkans. That's a lot of genocides. That's a lot of people dead. You know, I, was, I wanted to share one of the experiences, and I don't do this, and this is very, very difficult for me to do, but I need to do it because people need to understand why the Remembrance Day, the 11th, is so important. Why is it so important to wear a poppy? Why is it so important for you guys, for everybody, to go to the cenotaph and do a service? Why is it so important that we have to pass this knowledge or 
this history to our young people. What's happening in Israel right now? What's happening in, in Ukraine? The world is going completely out of synchro here. And there's a reason for that. We all know that. We all know the rapture is, is coming very close, right? You know, everybody wants to analyze, uh, they want to wipe Israel off the planet, but that's not going to happen because God's not going to let them, right? God's chosen people, God's, and they're going to be there. But we need to shine. We need to shine in every manner, in every way, so people know the good news of Jesus. When I was in Sarajevo, we, we had a mission. Our mission was, we were called United Nations Protection Force. Our mission was to protect the civilians, to give them cover when they went on their daily, daily businesses. Um, the big problems in, in Sarajevo were the city itself was surrounded by the Serbs, and there was no in and out except the tunnel that the Bosnians used to bring in food and medication, what little food and medication they got in, and what the United Nations could bring in. And we were used as, as, um, as protection units to protect them when they were in the streets, going to one place to another place. For an example, there would be a street, we would have our armored vehicle, we would have you know, 15 civilians, and we'd have them behind our armored vehicle, and we'd, you know, cross the armored vehicle across the street. And the civilians would um, be sheltered behind that armored vehicle so that snipers wouldn't get them, you know. That was one of our daily routine jobs that we had to do. Um, we had to escort civilians through dangerous sectors so they could get to their medical needs. Um, we went through checkpoints to go to different sectors from the Bosnian, from the Croatian side. One day when we were on a patrol, routine patrol, our sergeant went through the hatch. We really were not supposed to do that. But as we're approaching the... Um, The checkpoint, he got out, and I didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything because I was inside the, 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 the vehicle. It was a armored vehicle, armored personnel carrier. And uh, with the diesel engines behind, you know, you can't hear anything. And uh, back in those days, you know, we didn't really worry about ear protection, right? It's in a war. You know, you're not going to run around with things on your head. But I saw his body crumple and fall. And he was in the driving seat, or the, the, the passenger seat of the driving. There was a driver, and there was the, the, the passenger seat, or the, uh, the seat where we had our um, platoon leader. And I saw him crumple, and I saw a tremendous amount of blood. I, I scrambled forward through the hatch, the hallway to get to him, and I found that um, 
a round, a sniper's round, went through his neck completely, through and through, and blew his neck completely apart. I'm going to just... <clears throat> and I remember putting my hands... on his neck and I pressed so hard so 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 you wouldn't bleed out but that wasn't that wasn't it just it just kept flowing I had the driver give me two compresses and and I I put them on, and we, f we just drove. We drove to the uh, nearest medical surgical hospital. And as I pressed on his neck, I could see him, his eyes wide open, looking at me. And I, I could never forget that. And that was 30 years ago. Every day, I walk through the streets, I go home, I live my life, I come to church, and I try, I think I'm normal, I try to be normal. But when I look around, I don't feel normal. I don't know if that makes any sense. Pastor, one day when he was preaching, you know, he was telling, oh, yeah, we're, gonna, you know, going out and killing the people. And I forget it, the context it was. And he said, yeah, no one here has killed anyone. And then he sort of turned his head and looked at me. And I sort of smiled. And then he said, oh, yeah, there's George. I can't admit it but I won't deny it that I've taken a life. But I know that in the end, I need to shine. I need to start talking about this. I need to start sharing it with people I love. I need to open, I need to shine. You know, sometimes I, I think about it. I wish the pastor, he would put a big light on top of the roof, big spotlight. Oh, Roger is going to shake his head there, Roger. Yeah, he's always giving pastor ideas. Big light that would shine because we're on top of a hill. And everywhere we look in St. John, we could see this light. That's what I would love. I think about that a lot. It's, it's, I just want it to be real tonight. And I want it to guy, I let you guys know how important it is to wear that poppy. If you don't have one, go get one, please. If you're not wearing one, wear one. 
the men that came back from World War I, from World War II, from the Korean War, from Afghanistan, from wherever, and that are alive, they're suffering. I can guarantee you that not one of them or every one of them has PTSD. I know that for a fact. It's something that you have to live through. It has effect on your family. It has effect on your, on, on, on your friends. Um, my wife keeps telling me, do you love me? And I say, yes, I love you, I love you, I love you. But now I know why she keeps asking me that question. In Proverbs 3, I'm going to start by 3 and then I'm going to end till 6. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart for they will prolong your life in many years and bring your prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on a tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I read that, and I know that if I can be faithful, and if I can try, things would work out and get closer to God, learn about his word. It's, it's, it's extremely difficult. There's, it's beyond... It's beyond, I, it's so hard to come up here and talk about it. Um, you know, we hear so much about PTSD. We hear so much about our veterans and our first responders. And I've, you know, become so attached with them now, trying to help. And, and I feel for them because I'm going through the same pain. Um, I want to be that light. I want to shine. I think we need all to shine. We need all to shine. We don't have to be a preacher to shine. We don't have to to read the Bible all the well, we do have to read the Bible all the time. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is we can just be us. Read the word. Let God, let Jesus flow through us. We don't have to be special. We don't have to have superpowers. We don't have to broadcast it because it will be broadcasted automatically. That's why I tried to give you a couple of examples earlier. Sean, he was shining. He still shines today. Yeah. And look what he's doing. 
with his wife, fostering children. They're shining in our community. We don't need to do big things to shine, just little things. I'm going to close, or I'm going to let the pastor close. <laughs> this is a good escape route. I, I really didn't know how to say it, how to go through it. I wanted to share you some inner George to you. And I can tell you this is the first time I've ever done it completely. I've got stories, I've got stories. But it's no sense of telling all my stories. I've been through a lot of pain, going through a lot of pain still, trying to figure things out. I'm broken. I'm damaged. But God's there. The devil, you know, when he sees you damaged and broken, right, he takes advantage of you. He gets into your mind. The mind is very powerful. And that's where the devil goes for. He goes to your mind because that's where he knows he can cripple you. I can't wait to the day when I go up there. Pain will be all gone. I won't have any nightmares anymore. I won't have all these feelings of guilt and shame. I won't have all the negativity that I have. I'll be with Jesus. That'd be great. I can't wait. Thank you all for your time. I'm sorry if I went on for a little bit longer than I should have. And uh, I love you all, and God bless you all. Amen. And we should never soon forget the price that's been paid. And um, as we stated when the service, before he started to speak, we are privileged to be able to come to the house of the Lord and do it in freedom and liberty. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that. Would you stand with me right now? And... Um, I want us. I want us to pray. Um, a lot of things have been going on in the last few days, and um, Brother Robertson's grandmother passed away, and the funeral was today. And um, Sister Beckerton's stepdad passed away, and there, um, she's in Ontario, and Brother Beckerton has left for Ontario uh, today. And um, lots of things are happening. If you continue to pray for my mom, I would appreciate that as well. Amen. So um, maybe we could just join together right now in prayer. Also, uh, Sister Veronica Steves um, had a family member pass away, so... There's, there's a lot of death that has happened, and there's some comfort that's needed 
in those situations. Would you join with Pastor? God, I thank you for your mighty power and spirit. We thank you, Jesus, that you paid the ultimate price for us. And God, we're so thankful for that. But we're praying, God, you said you wouldn't leave us comfortless. You would come to us. And God, your mighty power and spirit would strengthen us and encourage us. And God, we're praying, God, for the Robertson family and the Beckerton family. God, praying for my mom and and my siblings, God, that you would strengthen them and encourage them. The Steve's family, God, that you would be with them. And God, I thank you, Jesus, for the sacrifice, God, of all the the soldiers, God, that have given their lives and people, God, that have fought battles on our behalf. And I'm thankful for that. And God, I just pray a strengthening right now, God, that would sweep through this room. A, a strengthening of your spirit and a comfort of the Holy Ghost, God, that would just minister. God, your wonderful spirit, God, is able to do that and uplift and strengthen each and every one of us. God, we thank you for your power. We thank you for your spirit and your precious anointing. We give you all glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm only just going to take a couple minutes here. Um, I was I was reading through Acts chapter 14, and it's it's a a pretty neat story. There was a man at Lystra who was uh, lame in his feet, impotent. The Bible says from uh, he was a cripple from his mother's womb, and uh, Paul and Barnabas are they're going into Lystra, and um, they're uh, they come in contact with this this man, and I find it interesting in chapter fourteen that Paul says that he can actually see that the man has faith to be healed. Um, that's um, that's a pretty powerful a powerful thing. I would say when someone can look at an individual and say uh, that. They seem to have faith. Now, this man had been crippled from his mother's womb his whole life. Yet Paul could see that there was something in him that knew something miraculous could take place. Uh, what a powerful demonstration of God's spirit. Uh, the Bible says, um, they said with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. He had never walked before. He had never leaped before. He had never stood before uh, in this fashion. But the Bible says he, he, was, uh, he arose to his feet and he leaped and walked. And when the people saw what had happened, they thought that Paul and Barnabas were like gods. Barnabas was called Jupiter. And Paul was called Mercury or Mercurius. And if you uh, search what is happening in this scenario, uh, Jupiter was, and you'll see in the verse, um, uh, verse 13, the priest of Jupiter. They, they kind of looked at it in the sense that there was a pagan god, in their sense, a god, that was overseeing the city. And they thought that that god must have showed up in person. What was it that they were seeing in these two men? Well, I can tell you what it was. It's just what George was talking about. Something was absolutely shining out of these men. 
that when they walked into this city, the city of Lystra, they came in co- contact with a man that they saw faith in him. Uh, a, mir- a miraculous event took place, and then they, they tried to do sacrifice on behalf of Paul and Barnabas and say, man, this is, this is Jupiter and Mercury right here. And Paul and Barnabas is like, oh, whoa, whoa. No sacrificing. <laughs> None of that. Uh, there's something within us. There's something about us. It's not us. Uh, there's something inside of us. Uh, amen. That when we walked into this city, uh, amen, there was something powerful that happened through our lives. It wasn't Paul and Barnabas. It was, though, what was shining through them. Something was so evident. Do you know? Music, come back. Do you know that it doesn't matter what day of the week you walk out of your house, what event you go to, or what establishment you walk into, you, as soon as you show up, it has nothing to do with how good you look and how fancy you're all done up. And nothing to do with male, female, your age, or none of that stuff. But there's something inside of you that's shining. And when you walk into whatever establishment, situation, circumstance, uh, you may not even realize, uh, amen, but you're walking into a potential miracle. This man was in this condition since birth. And all that happened was Paul and Barnabas showed up and something shined through them. And this man, amen, for the first time stood, leaped, walked, amen, and it caught the attention of the whole city. Oh, I don't know. I don't know who in this room or who's watching or listening online uh, that may walk into some situation tonight or tomorrow. uh, But would you just let the light uh, of the almighty God shine through you uh, and let the miraculous take place? uh, Because there is opportunity. There is. Can I tell you it this way? When we left here Sunday and we headed to Miramichi for the wake of my dad. And um, my dad had been teaching a number of people Bible study. He was a Bible study teaching machine. <laughs> they, they had, we had his old Bible study chart there at the, as soon as you walked into the church. I mean, it's wore out. It was practiced on me right from <laughs> every one of us kids were taught and every other kid in church in Kushpaquak was taught. And when Jehovah Witness showed up, they were taught. I mean, it was a well-used chart. And the wake took place and dad had been in the process of teaching a number of people and three of those individuals said they wanted to be baptized that day while his body was still in that church. (laughs) And three people went down in the watery grave of baptism in Jesus' name on Sunday at the wake. Your light can shine 
after you've got no life left. Every one of us in this room are alive and most of us are well. Would you just let that powerful light shine through your life? Because you've got no, maybe no idea how powerful it is. People's lives can be changed just when you walk into the room. Oh, it's not me, it's not you, but there's something shining through you, George. Sean, something was shining through you. Something was different. Something was, he couldn't put his finger on it. And you can't because you're missing part of one. But there was something shining, Sean, that got the attention. And I thank God for how powerful that is. And here we're able to look back now and see what it was. How many more people are watching, are viewing you at work, you in your daily activities? Say, I don't know what it is, but there's something about that person. It's just like Paul and Barnabas. Now, they didn't let them make gods of them. They didn't do, allow any of that stuff. They just brought it to the forefront. This is, this is what happened to our lives. We're changed people. Something happened to us that's powerful. Well, you know the moment that took place for you. Would you stand to your feet right now? I just want us to end this service. Yeah, we're, we're in remembering. And we're remembering. And we, we should never forget the price that was paid for our freedom and liberty. But we should... We should never also forget the ultimate price that was paid so that you and I could shine. And of all the things that are happening in the world right now, where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. And the darker it gets, the greater your life. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.